0: Because we don't know from day to day what's going to be before us. Amen. We don't know what we're going to hear. We don't know, but God knows all things because he's all knowing. But sometimes we can be astonished by God because in the natural, something supposed to be, but it's not. Have you ever been astonished by God? I mean, I'm talking about really astonished by God because we have been taught some things with growing up. We have been transformed in ways of the natural growing up. So, you know, your parents, they forewarn you about this and they tell you don't do this because if you do this, this is going to happen. Natural things, right? Right. But when God step in, we know that supernatural... The natural, it overpowers the natural and it leaves you sometimes puzzled because you're man. See, that's why God says my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. And the Bible said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he and so does he become. And I'm going somewhere with this because I know I serve a supernatural God. Amen. But to see him show up yes. and to show out, sometimes it leaves you at all. Yes, it, does. it does at times. Amen. Because you know what could have been. That's right. That's right. Have y'all had some could have been? But that's not how God intended for it to be. So that's why I said don't get alarmed at these could have beens or what's said. And I'm going to use me for an example. I was cooking, y'all. Cooking my husband a good meal, some, some steak with some okra with some rice, with that good old brown gravy that Grandmama taught me how to make. Y'all know what I mean? How you have to take and saute the onions and the bell peppers. You don't need much grease. You just need a little bit, right? Put your little flour. See, I know how to cook that stuff because Grandmama taught me. So as I was cooking it, I realized I had too much grease in the skillet. So y'all know what we do. I watch Grandmama. She'll take her cup and she'll pour that grease in that cup and just leave it there because she know that cup can sustain that hot grease right so I poured it in there and I was going on back stirring up my stuff but then I remembered I need to do this right here because I left the cup on the side picked up the cup it slipped and dumped all over my hand so y'all know that's supposed to be second degree uh so immediately I said okay took me a little bit of butter, put it up there so wait a minute Okay, I bind this in the name of Jesus. I applied it. I mean, I began to speak the word of God over my hand. Did I feel the burning? Mm-mm. But then the enemy began to portray some things. He said, you remember your niece when she dumped that stuff on her? She had to go to Chapel Hill and she had to go to the burn center. I said, but I ain't my niece. So I went about my business and I kept cooking my meal. But I want y'all to look at my hand. what you see what you see what you see what you see see? so I was on the phone with my daughter and y'all know she's in the nursing field so I was talking to her about what I was cooking today and what happened she got silent she said mama what you do and I told her she said mama wait a minute what you do and I told her what I did. She said, You tell daddy? I said, For what? Daddy was outside doing his little stuff. So when I went outside to my husband, I said, Oh, I meant to tell you what I did to my hand. But look at God. Yes. And this is what happened, y'all. I'm standing up there and I'm like, Now that's God. No blisters. How many know you're supposed to get a blister? It ain't no blister. Y'all but understand what I'm saying. There's no blister on my hand. And I look back at the grease. I said, wait a minute. Look at God. <laughs> what am I telling you? God is using the ordinary to do some extraordinary things to let people know I'm over ordinary. Yeah. My power supersedes natural. See, I had to take some super and I had to put it on some natural. Did I have thoughts? Oh, yes, ma'am. I had them. So did enemy want me to see myself getting skinned? I said, that devil is alive. And I say, and by the way, burning, quit burning. there today because this is what god told me see when you spend time with your father i don't know about you i enjoy spending time with my natural father because when he started telling about old times and he started giving wisdom on on things you just love to hear that it does something deep on the inside but when i spend time with the heavenly father and i begin to talk to my daddy And I began to ask him questions because I don't know. Natural don't know about supernatural. But when you begin to connect with super. So I asked God one day, I said, wait a minute, God. Oh, yeah, you done that. (laughs) This was before the Greece. I said, wait a minute, God. People are saying, Lord, why am I not healed? God, why am I not getting my immediately? God, I'm speaking your word. God, you know I'm speaking your word. I'm standing, doing all I can to stand. But God, I still have the symptoms. Now, see, God gave me this before I burnt my, that's why I said thank you, God. So I, I was asking God these things. I say, God, we don't mind waiting on you because your word is true. But God, is at times people want to see an immediate reaction from heaven. So God, I need to know because when Jesus come up on the blind men, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. See, they were trusting in God. They were trusting in him. Jesus knew where their faith was. It was in him. They began to holler out and cry out to him and their sight were restored. I said, the man that had the withered hand, Jesus came and said, just scratch your arm out. And you should, come on, only thing you had to do is reach out to Jesus. And he was healed. I said, God, the woman with the issue of blood, they couldn't stop her, her bleeding. But when she heard about you and she came in and said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. She wasn't worried about a situation. She just wanted to get to you. So I was going through all these, these things in the Bible that immediately, suddenly I said, God, what's going on? Uh And God began to tell me, He said, let me tell you something. He said, I'm God. He said, and my word don't come back to me void. My word is not coming back to me empty. My word is going to go out and accomplish and to make happen where I sent it to do, what I sent it to do. So as I sat there, I said, okay, God, I got that. Your word ain't coming back void. He said, if my word ain't coming back void, why are you waiting on something to happen that's already happened? He said, my manifestation don't come because people is waiting on something that's already happened. He said, just because you see the symptoms or feel the symptoms, that don't mean it has not happened. He said, my people wait on the feeling to leave. Before they can, he said, trust in me. He said, when you trust me, you don't wait on nothing to go. You know, it's gone because you spoke my word to it and you go on about your business. Then he began to show me this. He said, people that wait on things to leave is becoming babysitters. I said, excuse me, Lord. He said, when someone babysit children, they know when they're leaving. You drop them off that morning, you better have them picked up by 6 o'clock. They're going home. He said, they're not going to stay with that babysitter. Now, some people try to make that happen because they want to get rid of them kids. But he said, quit being a babysitter. He said, the more you babysit something, you're trusting more in that something than you're trusting in me. You're babysitting it. You're holding on to it. He said, you got to let it go. Then he brought it back up. If you let go of it, it'll let go of you. you. He said, a babysitter want to hold on to it. Don't want to let it go. Oh, you okay, baby? You okay, baby? Or you look for it. Because you had it so long, so you're wondering, where's that? And then your body react to what you've been babysitting. So when God told me all that, y'all, a few days later, that happened. I refused to babysit it. I ain't have time to hold on to that. I said, God, I got too much to do. So I kept on, and, and this is the funny part, y'all. When I sat down to eat the food, I said, God, this is some good stuff. This is, you know, when you cook your food, you don't taste it like everybody. I said, this is some good stuff. So my husband sat down. I heard him tell somebody, he say. Tell apostle, you put your foot in that food. That's right. yeah. No, just my hand. <laughs> but God did it. God did it. Everything God does, y'all, is good. So I'm going to start out this morning to ask you, what are you holding on to? What are you giving place to over God? Because when God say be still, And know that I'm God. Why are you going somewhere else instead of being still? Because if he tells you to be still, don't move. That's why you got to make a connection with him. We can't connect with him because we got too many blockers. Our blockers is what man already said. So we take man over what God written over 2,000 years ago that's above man. He said, I am God and not man. Let's don't get him confused. And he won't lie, y'all. So I had to put that out there to go where God has taken us today. So Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the word in advance. I thank you, God, that there is power that comes through your word, God, through the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that our hearts are open and receptive on this morning to receive the word of God, the word of life. God, quicken us today according to your word. God, give your people itching ears, God, that even after this word is spoken. God, that they want to go home, God, to get back into this word, to hear what you have to say unto them personally, God. God, I thank you right now. God, that is no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me because I have been crucified with Christ. So, God, I'm not here to take your glory. God, I'm here for your glory to be revealed through me to your people, God. So, God, I humbly submit myself unto you today because it's not about me. God, it's never been about me. It's all about you. God, I want your people to know, Father God, that it's about you. It's about your word, God. I want people to know to look to you and not to man. God, I thank you and I praise you for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come, Holy Spirit. Release the power of God today. We thank you and we praise you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to go to a familiar passage, and it's in First Samuel the 28th chapter, and I believe God has a word for his people. Amen. First Samuel, the 28th chapter, and I'm going to begin at verse five, and I'm going to end at verse seven for now. First Samuel chapter 28, beginning at verse five. And when we get there, let us say, Amen. Amen. The Word of God reads, And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets, then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that has a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that has a familiar spirit at Endor. You may be seated. I'm going to be talking about familiar spirits on today. And the first thing that I want to say is, we have to know what's coming against us. We have to know what's in the midst of us because everyone that say, Lord, Lord, don't know him. So we have to be so careful. The Bible said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When you don't have knowledge that comes from the Lord dealing with different things, then you will be subject unto those things. And this is why God wants us to come together in fellowship. He wants us to come together when it comes to Bible study and all of this so we can get the knowledge that we need so we will not be ignorant of Satan devices. He don't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to know, you know, what the enemy is about. So you will not be ignorant when the enemy come up on you. You will know the difference. But the problem is the body of Christ don't know the difference. Because just like Saul here, it says that Saul, he had a fear. Saul was so greatly afraid that he was trembling, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but it's some Saul's in the house. It is some Saul's in this house. Sometime I may, you know, let down my guard and I'm a Saul. We know that fear is an emotion that comes when things happen. But what we have to know is God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. Now we have to understand there are some fearful situations, but when we recognize who we are in him, there's a calmness. There's a peace that comes upon us even in the midst of that situation that just lets you know where you are and who you belong to. So we see that Saul, and I'm going to give you a little history on Saul. This was the same Saul that the people wanted. The people wanted Saul because they saw everybody with the king. So they figured they needed a king, but they had the king of kings. They had the Lord of lords. They had the things the way that God would have for them to be. But we know that when we see somebody else with something or someone, we figure that we need that something or someone. When you see somebody with a husband and you're single, you feel like I need a husband, I'm getting too old. I don't need to be by myself. Who told you that? We always figure out what we need outside of God. I want to tell y'all something. God is an all-knowing God. God knows when you're supposed to be married. Who you supposed to be married to? God know all about you. It's not about your he motions and she motions. It's about what God has already written for your life. You can't go on your sister's life and compare it with your life because God got a destiny for each and every one of us. We got to quit trying to hang around folks and want to be like those folks. That's not who you are. We have to understand that when people get in a rush for different things, they mess up what God has already purposed for their lives. And you got to live with those mess ups. But thank God he'll never leave you or forsake you. But you're going to still go through your mess. We're so quick to do what everybody else is doing. We begin to. Oh, God it's just taking this somewhere. We begin to enjoy our lives. We begin to enjoy who we are, but then we make a connection with someone else and all of a sudden we want to change the way we talk. We want to change the way we look. We want to change the way we act and the way we react because we're not talking and reacting and acting like the one we're walking beside. So we got to get ourselves in that position that they're in. That's a tactic of the enemy and it's called rejection. We want to do everything everybody else is doing, but do you know it may not be for you to do it at this time? You never thought about a new car until your neighbor got one. You never thought about new shoes or new pocketbooks until you saw those shoes and pocketbooks. That's why Michael Cord stands strong. The name is what's making him rich he put his name on stuff and it could be some rinky dink stuff but yet because the name is on it I got to wear it. Do you know I'm wearing a Michael Kords? Because of that name. When people names get famous whatever they come out with we want it. Because it's a pop product. Brahman. Come on, names draw people. It's okay to have those things, but those things should not have you. Everybody has a style. And what we do, we follow people's styles and we say, I'm going to do that style. Your body may not be made for that. You can't jump in everything everybody else jump in and think you're going to look good in it. Especially when you are different size or uh-uh, it won't work. Quit trying to look like the dummies in the stores. That's a dummy made of wood. They still got to tighten it up. Go around the back. They done pin it up. The shape of the dummy. Yeah. But you so enthused with how it look on the dummy, the mannequin, you go in the dressing room. You have the audacity to go in the dressing room because you got the picture of the mannequin in front of you. And you put it on. You like, now nah, wait a minute. That don't look like what the mannequin had. That's a dummy. So you're trying to lose weight because you got the picture of the dummy in your hand and you still lose weight and it still don't look right on you. I'm going to say, do you? I met someone and when I had met them, the first thing that I told them, I said, do you? They said, what are you saying? I said, you're not doing you. You're trying to pur- portray someone else. You're trying to act like them. You're trying to talk like them. You're trying to do what they do. But who are you? I say, do you? And when you do you, the anointing that God has upon your life will show up and show out. But if you're trying to do somebody else, you getting tired of doing it, and it ain't working because that's flesh doing it. Do you? See, I can't. I don't like people being one way, and then they be in another way. Be who you are. Don't change like the weather. Got something to tell y'all. I don't know about you, but I like the cooler months, not too cold, right? Where it's not too hot. But God made seasons. And whatever season we're in, we stay in that season till that season change. Some of y'all are coming out of your seasons. You're trying to get ahead of season. You're trying to get ahead of, you know, a little child got to stay in a little child's place. Meaning that if that's a little child, you're not bringing that little child up to be a woman. You don't give that little child no more than that child supposed to have as being a child. That means that you don't subject that child to grown folks business when they are children. That means that you don't talk a certain way around the child. God is saying something in this room and I haven't even got to the message. You do not put that child in a place of being an adult when they still a child because they not enjoying being a child. You don't make that child a babysitter so you can hang out and do your dirt. The child got to grow up. So what the enemy is doing, he's portraying a little me. A child stays in a child's place. When we was growing up, you did not sit in a room with grown folks and had your eyes bucked like you waiting for something. They tell you, leave. This is none of your business. You need to get up and leave. Now we talk in front of little kids like they're grown. Then little kids go to school and talk to teachers like they know more than the teachers. This is what the enemy want. This is how rebellion start, y'all. We want people to dress a certain way and look a certain way. But they got to be who they are. Don't hang around people that's this way and you ain't got yourself, don't know who you are because you're going to try to become them and it don't work for everybody. This is why you have to tell truth. Don't ask me something. Because I'm going to tell you the truth in love. That's not you, baby. Do you? You can't do everybody. Be who you are. Going back to Saul. They wanted that king. They wanted to be like the other people with the king. They wanted what they wanted. So God said, okay, give them that king. They got Saul. God told them how Saul was going to be. He told them what was going to happen, being that they wanted that king. Because anytime you put a man in a seat, y'all didn't know? We put people in seats without consulting God. And I'm going to tell you how we do it. We base it on what we want. We got to base it on what God wants. And if you ain't got no relationship with God, you don't know what he wants. That's how the enemy is tricking you. Everything that say, Lord, Lord, everything that confess ain't with God. You got to know the difference. So old Saul got in the seat. And the first thing God told Saul to do, y'all remember when Samuel told Saul, he said, I want you to wait on me. When it comes to the sacrifice, Samuel wasn't showing up when Saul wanted him to show up. Samuel, I mean, uh, Saul was mad because Samuel wasn't showing up. So he wanted to impress the people. He was so worried about the people because this is what he needed to do because he was scared back then too, dealing with war. So what happened? He ended up making the sacrifice. The thing is he didn't supposed to touch it. Because Samuel was prophet and priest. He was the one that's supposed to do it. God has order. Yes, he does. And we follow God's order. Not man's order when man is fearful. But we don't turn on God because something changes in our lives. Amen. Amen. And if we're in the word, we should know that. We do not bow down to what God told us not to do. So Saul messed up. Then another thing he messed up. God said, I want you to literally go in and I want you to destroy all the Amalekites. Saul went in, took the best of the sheep. He saved those. He thought he'd done a good thing. Ignorant, stupid. He's going to bring the king out, y'all. He's going to spare the king. The king is what makes the kingdom. If you don't get rid of the king, he'll build another kingdom. This is why you got to get to the root of your situation. Quit m- messing with your symptoms and find out what the root is because you ain't doing nothing but covering it up. So old Saul, he didn't listen to God. So by him not listening to God, the kingdom was rent from him, taken from him. He was still in that position of king, but God said, uh-uh, I'm rejecting you because you rejected me. So that was the thing with Saul. And Samuel ended up killing the king right in front of Saul. He And Samuel, what did he say? He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. What am I saying? Some of y'all are sacrificing stuff, but you yet ain't obedient. That's no good with God. you thinking you're doing God a service, and you're disobedient, and the enemy knows that. So Saul, here we go again with Saul. We see that Saul was afraid because the Philistines was coming up against them. So Saul was so afraid because he couldn't hear God. Let me tell you all something. Fear will stop you from hearing what God has to say. So he couldn't hear God through the prophets or the Urim. The Urim was they had a breastplate on them. And that Urim would give them guidance, let them know God's will. It was like a light that was there. Then the prophets, they were the mouthpiece of God. He already knew Samuel was dead. And Samuel was the one that was coming to Saul all the time, giving him the word from the Lord. But thank God, we don't need a prophet. God do have prophets in his house. But if we need a word from the Lord, God will give us a word from the word. You don't have to wait on a prophet to come in town to tell you it is well. Because if you spend time with God, he'll let you know it's well. And you don't have to call on no prophet. So he was waiting on him. Um, Samuel to come in, but Samuel was dead. So Saul was not hearing from God. And I'm telling you, sometimes we feel like, I don't hear you, God. What are you saying, God? Didn't we say, God, lay me down. Show it to me in a dream. Nothing. So you go to other nothing. You don't hear anything. Are you there? Well, you have done exactly what Saul did because you don't hear him. And the reason why you don't hear him because you got some blockers. You got some things in the way. And the main thing that's in your way, you don't spend time with God. God is speaking all the time. If you would just be still. If you would take the time. See we get so busy. And so occupied with us. With me myself and I. We want to do a quickie with God. We want him to speak quickly. And when we done all the talking. Don't you think God want to talk sometime. We telling him all of our problems. But we won't shut up to hear him. We talk and think we've done something. We boo eh, Lord, you know. Eh, and thought we've been with God. You've been with yourself. Because when you be with God, there's such a peace. You will meet him at the same place every day. The same spot. Y'all have a spot in the house. And I meet God there every day. Just give me my green tea, my Bible. I don't need no breakfast. I got all the breakfast I need. And I'll sit in that seat. Y'all ain't even got rid of that recliner. That thing looked like it's about to go. But let me tell you something. My brother know about that chair, don't you, buddy? They'll come to my house, and that's the first chair they want to get in. So one day my brother, he's a witness, he got in my chair, and he was about to sleep. My sister got in the chair. She said, oh, this where you get this chair from? Where you find this chair? This chair sit good. They want to know about my chair. It's the anointing. It's the peace of God. Because I sit there when my daughter come home, you know, you want to study at a table, right? No, 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 no. My daughter takes my chair. She get in the chair and she stay in the chair for hours. Is that not right, honey? She don't move out of that chair for five, six hours. Who does that? Me. Glory be to God. So when somebody come get in that chair, they say, where did you get the chair? Amen, Apostle. Apostle, don't you get rid of that chair. Because there's something about that chair. That's where I meet my father. And I'll sit there and I'll talk to my father and i say, what you got to say on that? Oh, excuse me. I, I was talking over you. What do you want to say about that? So God will begin to speak. Because I don't move. I say, I need to hear you. And if I don't hear him, I say, okay, then I'll just be still. I won't move. We don't get in a rush with God. We don't get up and just zoom out the door. See, I want to say, God, here am I, speak. See, that's what Samuel did. Speak, Lord. Your servant want to hear you. So see, when things come in your life, what is the first thing you run to? That's your idol. That's who you idolize because that's where you go. But when we go to God, first and foremost, that's where we have be been. So this is where Saul was, y'all. He was so afraid. He was not getting no answer from God. And we get in a place that we don't get an answer for God. So we have to go to man. And we have to ask man, what do you think about that? What do you want me to do? How you want me to do it? And we take man at his word, but yet we have not heard from God. So what he did, the very same man that cut off the familiar spirits, that cut off the wizards, the sorcerers, he's going to say, find me, seek me someone with the familiar spirit. Let me go there. We tell people not to do something. But when things hit our lives, we do the very thing. That we tell people not to do. I'm going to tell you why. Because we're not in the place we need to be with God. That's right. That's right. You cannot tell somebody to be still. And know that he's God. Because you heard the verse. But you ain't never still. Look at your neighbor say something is wrong. So you better not fall asleep on this service. That's why you're missing it. So Saul says, Seek me out a woman. And guess what? Even though he cut him off, there was still somebody out there. Yeah. Don't you think that the enemy, just because he ain't messed with you in a week, that he ain't out to get you? So why was he going to a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit, y'all, is a spirit that's familiar with you, your history. Your family history, your weaknesses, and your strength. So what happens is, those spirits are assigned to find out things about you. Let's go back. When evil entered the world, the imaginations of people's hearts was wicked continually. Their thoughts, everything was about sin. Everything they did and thought about was sin. They were sinners. Remember in the Garden of Eden, God took man that he had created and he put him in a place. He put him in a place of peace. He put him in a place that was so full of God, so full of everything that they needed, that every which way they went, it was so good. There was no evil present. They were living a life, a luxurious life. A life that was so full of him. Can y'all imagine that? No worries, no troubles. Walk around naked and wasn't even bothered. Some of us don't even walk around naked in front of our husband because we bother about the belly. We bother about everything else. And then when you look at the man, why you bother? <laughs> See how the enemy done tricked you? Trying to hide all that from your husband. And your husband look like Santa Claus. And there you is trying to lose weight and he's telling you to lose weight and he's looking like Santa Claus. Y'all better open your eyes. Women trying to do all this for men and they think they all this in a bag of chips. We in it together, baby. Come on. You help me with my shoes, I help you with yours. Come on, somebody. I'm going to straighten some stuff out up in here. Somebody say preach. Preach. Already on it. (laughs) So we see in the word of God what was happening here. So going back, God put man in a place, y'all. In a place where we're free of worry. We're free of, of, you know, bills. Everything we needed was in that place. The enemy knew that. The enemy did not want us in that place. He even gave man the woman that was already in him, already a part of him. The man had everything he needed. He said, I want both of y'all to subdue the earth. I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to replenish it with little ones just like me. I want the earth to be so full of many me." So Adam and Eve, they, they had to hearken unto God. Listen to what God was saying. So y'all know what happened. Here come the enemy. But this is where I'm going. The enemy used the serpent. The enemy has to use what God has already created. God has created thrones. He has created what? Principalities. He has created the angels. Everything that was created was by God. And nothing would have been made if God had not made it. Satan didn't create nothing. Satan is mimicking God's creation. So he took the very serpent that God had created. He used that serpent. He was familiar with that serpent because they were in the same garden. So don't think just because you save that the enemy is not going to come at you. You're the very one he want. And he had to use man. Yes, why? Because they had the dominion. They had something that he wanted from God. And the only way he can get it was through man. Because God had given man the dominion. He had given him the right to rule and reign on the earth. He was over everything on the earth. And the enemy said, that's my place. The Bible says in in Ezekiel 14, he said that he wanted to be be exalted. He wanted to be up there in that high mountain. He wanted to be exalted. He wanted to be above God. But then it said that he wanted to be like, get it, like God. That's when he said, okay, I'm going to mimic everything that God do. I'm going to mimic it and make it look like God. That's what he did in the garden. He took the word. He twisted it. So the enemy know the word. But he take the word and use it for his benefit to come all up in your business. So what the enemy did, he used that to get dominion over the earth. He is the God of what? Of this world. The enemy do have power. He does, but he has to have somebody to operate through. He has to have somebody to use, y'all. The enemy is not crazy. The enemy set this up because even when you look in the Bible, David knew that he was born in what? He was conceived in it, right? He was shaping in what? Iniquity. That means iniquity is something that's repeated, 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 repeated. A transgression is you know, but you keep doing what you know, right? Sin is where you miss the mark. But when you get all of them together, you got something going on. So the enemy knew this. So what the enemy did, y'all, think about it. If you coming into this world and the world is full of sin, from the moment that you are born, the enemy watch you. He know your fears. He know your downfalls. He know what you like and what you dislike. He know what bus- buttons to push and what buttons not to push. He know what goes through your generation. That's why it's called generational curses because they go from generation to generation. But through Jesus Christ, those curses have been broken. But don't think those curses didn't leave behind some stuff. So he know all of this. So what he do, he watch you. He watch you because guess what? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He know eventually you're gonna accept the Lord. You're gonna accept Jesus as your savior, but he said, I need something on you. So he know your weaknesses. So he wa- that's what a familiar spirit does. A familiar spirit watch your weaknesses, watch your script. You know how sometimes when you grow up, you may have some people have their little wedding book and how they want their wedding, what kind of man they want. They just name everything out and they tell their friends about that man. And all of a sudden, you meet that man. And know what people say? That's just God. No, it's not. The enemy know your weakness. Because all you talked about was that man or that woman when you grew up. So the enemy bought you a man that you felt like could love you. Bought you a man that can wine and dine you. Bought you a man that could take care of you. All of these characteristics you saw in this man. But the familiar spirit knew this. So that familiar spirit just put a man in front of you with things that you are familiar with. To get up and testify in church and say, God sent me a man. The devil is the last of them. That's why you got to have someone that's in a place with God. Not to connect with your mess. That's why God put shepherds over you. Because sometimes people think they know everything because, see, that flesh is hyped. Save folk. So he had a familiar spirit. This is what Saul was doing. Saul knew about these familiar spirits. So he went to this lady, but this lady knew. Now check this out. Even the devil trembled at the name of Jesus. This lady knew that they were cut off. She knew this. But this is what Saul, y'all, let me tell you what Saul said. Saul said this. The woman said in verse nine, and the woman said unto him, behold, thou knowest what Saul have done, how he have cut off those that have familiar spirits and wizards out of the land. Wherefore, then liest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die. This woman that was working all this stuff knew that if she start back up, she going to die. And she was afraid because she know God is a mighty God. Even the devils know that. Ask your neighbor, say, well, what's wrong with you? (laughs) So listen what Saul said. She didn't know it was Saul. And Saul swore to her by the Lord. Y'all come. I'm going somewhere. Y'all better know your word. Catch it. And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. You lying demon." If God said it, God ain't going to change his mind. Y'all better get, y'all know what? Right now, who y'all consulting with? God ain't bringing this in here for no reason. Because if God told you something, God is not going to change his mind. So how can Saul stand there and say, I'm swearing by the Lord? See, you got some desperate people. And they do desperate things. And they use God's name to get it done. It's in the church. It's in the church. You better know who you're serving. So look at here. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up, Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul saying, why has thou deceived me for thou art Saul? How would she know that? Because she knew that Samuel and Saul had a connection. But I want y'all to check this. So after all of this, this is what? Manipulation. This is deceit. Y'all better know the attributes of the enemy. The enemy will manipulate you. He will deceive you. He will make you think that what you're doing is God and it ain't. And that's why when people come in your life and they put up a stop sign and they say, That ain't God, and then you still do it, you got a door for the enemy. Right. Everything that looked good ain't good. Amen. So guess what happened? And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. God's. And he said unto her, what form is he of? And she said, an old man cometh up, and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself, ignorant on the seed. Now look at this. A familiar spirit is going to operate through someone that you are familiar with. The enemy use whom you are familiar with. I'm going to give you an example of me. I never got to know my mom. I saw her on pictures, but I never got to know her. And I remember that I was afraid because y'all know how you hear all this stuff and you don't want nobody coming to you for nothing, right? So one day I went to this, um, one night I went to this service and there was a lady that I knew at the service. And this lady, you know, God will speak with this lady and I trusted this lady, but... For some reason, I told my the lady I was with, I said, I need to go to this lady's house. I don't know why. Y'all, I had an unction, didn't understand it. I said, I don't know why, but I need to go to her house. She said, well, if you're saying it, I'm going to take you because God used you and you're not off. You may not understand it, but I'm going to take you. So when I went to the lady's house, y'all, the lady opened the door and said, I've been waiting on you. I said, oh, Jesus, <laughs> now I'm scared. She said, I've been waiting on you. So I took a seat on her couch. She had her eyes closed and she began to point at me. She said, God said, receive my servant. I said, oh, geez, my knees start knocking y'all. I was sitting in the chair, my knees knocking. I'm trying to hold it together because I knew that I, God wanted to give me something. But I didn't want to receive My mom, But understand this, God will use who you're familiar with so you won't be afraid to, right? So after she told me all that, I said, but before she told me, God will give you confirmation. I had another lady that was in over to my house and we was on the treadmill before this. And that lady looked at me. She said, God said, you're not receiving his servant. I said, Jesus, Jesus. I ain't paying no attention to that. But this second time, when she said it, I knew. Because God will come to you twice. I said, okay, God, I'll do it. So I got home. I got up under my husband. Sinner, Lord, sinner. Scared, y'all. But then I say, Lord, you sinner. Whatever message you want to give me, sinner. Y'all ain't lying. It may have been not even a week. When I laid down, I walked in a room. This lady was on the chair. Her hair was long. And she had a gold streak in her hair. And she looked at me. I said, are you my mother? She said, yes, I'm your mother. And we stood up and we touched hands. And she began to speak in a heavenly language. And as she began to speak in her heavenly language, I was just standing there. But when I began to speak in a heavenly language, she went down. And I stood up. God said, what I'm doing, I'm passing that mantle. A mantle, y'all, is when somebody finish their work on earth. God gives that mantle to carry on his work. God uses somebody to carry on where that person had left off. So God said he wanted me to receive that to let me know this. Now let me tell you how trick the enemy will trick you. I'll give you an example in the Bible. Remember Elijah and Elisha? Elisha had to succeed Elijah. So before Elijah got caught up, he had to follow through with the plan that God had for people to be put in place because God knew who he wanted to have in place. So anyway, the next dream that I had, I saw a woman on the pulpit. The pulpit, the woman had dark clothes on. She had a dark hat on. She come off the pulpit and she grabbed my arm. I said, are you my mother? Never said nothing. Never. Just holding on to my arm tight. And she said, you got to come with me. I said, I'm not coming with you because I'm going to finish the work that God has called me to do. And she let me go. That was a familiar spirit in a dream trying to make me think that I was going to die. Let me tell y'all something. You better know the difference. Familiar spirit comes in forms in people that you are familiar with. But see, that dream I knew. That's not God. The first dream I knew it was God because it was peace. I was not afraid of it. So God let me know the difference. And then this is how God put it all together for me. I went to a service. He told me to dress in red. I was red down, y'all. But when I hit the building... And I was in there worshiping, a weakness come on me where I couldn't even stand. I said, Lord, what in the world's wrong with me? I feel like I'm going to pass out. He said, keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. Keep praising me. Don't you move. Just keep doing it. I'm like, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Next thing I know, I had my eyes closed. The woman pointed at me. She said, the lady in red, come up here. When I got up there, she looked at me. She said, the devil's trying to kill you. Because God got work for you to do. Everything that God had told me, he confirmed it. I didn't tell that lady. He confirmed all of this. The devil ain't going to tell me he's trying to kill me. See, y'all better understand this. So through all of that, yes, it was on and popping. Because see, the enemy knew where God was carrying me. The enemy knows this and he's going to try to stop you. So he used familiar things to stop you. So he had been watching me all my life. He knew my fears. He knew stuff that get next to me. And a familiar spirit will follow you and make you think certain things that are happening that are not happening. And this is how a stronghold is formed in your mind because you believe the lie. And when you hold on to the lie, it sets a fortress in your mind and become a stronghold. But it begins with the familiar spirit. Yeah. Right. If you have the same patterns over and over again and you don't understand, you keep doing the same thing. And you think it's okay. That's because that familiar spirit, I'm going to go somewhere with this covetness. If you grew up in a house where you covet a lot of things, you covet what your sisters have, you covet what your friends have, you covet everything you see somebody with, that's covetness. So the enemy know your weakness. So that familiar spirit send things to you based on your weakness to get you to fall, pray for it, and you think it's God that gave it to you. But it's covetness, and it's coming through a familiar spirit. If you have things in your home that's going on in your family, incest, adultery, fornication, that spirit of perversion, the enemy watch the patterns. And what he does is he make you feel as if these things are right and they're not and then you pass them on to somebody else as if they're okay. Daughters and and, um, fathers sleeping together. People say it's okay. It is not okay. So when you see things like this and you give them the truth, the enemy is going to oppose the truth to make you think, well, we all can. That's familiar spirits. They get familiar with you. If you got hurt in a church, church hurt, the enemy is watching your hurts. He's watching how you react to people. So he bring people up to you to have you to blow up. You have a spirit of suspicion now. Everybody to you is suspicious even if they say hello. What you say hello to me for? Because he done built something. That spirit got something on you. So you don't trust nobody. You build up a wall. So everybody's always out to get you. And that's not the case. The enemy want to oppose truth, y'all. He wanted to oppose truth. He's out to get rid of truth, but he can't. So that's why he deceived. This is why he used wickedness. This is why he's so subtle. In the church, everybody that gives you a word of knowledge, this witch or whoever she was, sorcerer, bought up Samuel, but it wasn't him and I'm going to prove it to you, was not him. And Samuel began to tell Saul the same thing he told him in the beginning. The devil is familiar with your prophecies you get. He's familiar with this stuff. So when somebody you see that you never saw before, they come in and they tell you something, you better check the fruit. You don't go by the signs and the wonders, you go by the fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. God's fruit is good. You ain't going to have no profit with evil fruit. See, you ain't checking the fruit. Only thing you're doing is grabbing hold because they told you something. You got to know what's behind what people tell you. The life that they're living is their fruit good. Even Jesus saw a tree that looked good. But when Jesus come up on that tree and said, wait a minute, I'm cursing you. You trying to show me something that you're not. You're known by your fruit. He said, I see the leaves, but where's the fruit, apostle? Right. See, everybody want a word, like Saul. Everybody wants somebody to prophesy. Because you're too lazy to get in the word and know what the word is saying to you. That's right. That's right. I got a situation, I don't know what to do, but God does. He knew you was going to come up on that situation before you came up on that situation. He's an all-knowing God. God, if you can't tell me, nobody can. See, we're grabbing everything because we get lazy. We want somebody to tell us it's all right, but you should know it's all right before you ask them, is it all right? You better know these familiar spirits. Because they're in the church. A word of knowledge is what we get through the gifts of the spirit. But you better know what fruit is operating with that word of knowledge. Because Samuel supposedly told Saul what he already knew. That familiar spirit used this person, this form, what he was familiar with to get next to Saul. Saul this happens. But check this out, y'all. Go with me, and I'm going to show you how you have to know what the Word of God is saying. Luke 16. How do I know? You know them by their fruit. And Luke 16, this is what happened. Look at verses 26 through 29. It says here, This is what happened. Y'all know this is Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man wouldn't help Lazarus. Both of them died. But one went to a place of hell and the other one went to paradise, right? So both of them was in a a, a holding place. Is that not right? Listen to what happened in this verse. Okay. 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue. For I'm tormenting in this flame. But Abraham says, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou are tormented. And besides all this, listen at this. Between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee, therefore, father, that thou will send him to my father's house. Check this. For I have five brothers, and they may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Check this. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they, persuade they be persuaded through the one that rose from the dead. God is not going to send you no dead person. Get in the Bible. Get in the word. See, a familiar spirit, what they do is the person that you got familiar with, there was a lady, her husband died. And every night the husband would sit on the bed and she would have a conversation with that husband every night sitting on the bed. And that gave her comfort and peace because she said, I'm having a conversation with my husband. But when she started telling somebody about what was going on, they said, that's not your husband. This is what I want you to do. See, when you come up with the name of Jesus and let them know, oh, no, you're not my husband. She said immediately when she said it, it vanished. Amen. Then there was a preacher who one of his um, people in the church had died. And this man, he come to him and he said, you know, anything that you want, just tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. The man said, I knew it wasn't the man because when he was living, he getting about in nothing not unless you paid for it. You know people by their character. See, the enemy be trying to fool you with familiar spirits. There's incubus and there's succubus. And both of those are spirits who come have sexual relations with a man and a woman. And if you don't know these things, you think it's okay because you're lonely. Or you may be married and having one. That's the devil. That's a familiar spirit, knowing you, what you were used to, what you were comfortable with. Oh, y'all, the church is lost because we're blaming it on, well, God sent me so-and-so. This tell you right here in the word of God, the enemy uses people you are familiar with to get his job done. He mimicked God. You have to be careful. The Bible says in 1st Thess- Thessalonians the 4th chapter that the dead in Christ is going to rise first. If you're in a place of peace why would you want to come back to a place full of hell? See he wants us to call on these spirits because now you're becoming a soothsayer This is why people go to psychics. I lost So-and-sos, and and I believe my husband, he dead, but can you bring him back so he can tell me where he put the key to the safe? (laughs) Psychics. I had someone that come to me one day, and they told me they were going through something difficult in, in, in their life, and they called a psychic. When you open a door to evil... Ouija boards, Ouija boards, eight balls and all of this, you open a door to the satanic and the enemy is using that door to torment you with evil spirits around you. If you have objects and things moving in your house it's because it's something that was in that house that the enemy has attached to and using it to scare you to bring fear. And that's why you stand up and you denounce anything that you have opened a door to for the enemy to come through. God don't scare you like that. And I'm going to tell you something. You better know because the enemy uses your weaknesses. This is why even in marriages the enemy know the weakness of a man could be a woman that man was in a family if he's in a family and all they did was mess around that's all they saw so that child is raised in that environment so the enemy is watching that child to see what that child does that child end up portraying what the mother or the father was doing so when that child grows up and gets married the enemy say okay I got something on you. So it's okay for you to mess around on your wife. It's okay for you to mess around on your husband. It's okay for you to do these things. So he sends somebody to entrap you to mess up your marriage because that is your weakness. I'm talking about church folks too. That's your weakness. So he's going to use that. That's why you have the word of God to tell you to flee fornication. These things we pass through the generation, but we're not under that curse no more. Jesus had did what with the curse? So when the enemy tempt you with these things, say, I know who you are. That's why he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You're not coming up in my house. I see what you're trying to do to my husband. I see what you're trying to do to my kids. And I'm closing the door that go back 20 generations to incest. It will not hit my kids in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus. You got that right. You can stop it. Because he gave you that right. So when your kids see this stuff, they can say, oh no, the blood is against that. You're my cousin. I don't lay with you. It's out there, but he gave you the right to close the door. Not to fall prey for it. I get so tired of people saying I got to settle for that. The devil is a lie. He gave me power over that mess. And you settling for that. I'm in the family of God, Amen. and that family don't have that in there, and you ain't coming in my house today. Amen. That's why God show you stuff in your kids, cause He said I want you to handle that. Y'all didn't know what discerning of spirits is, huh? The part of the gifts is discerning of spirits, so you know what spirit is of. I remember I was ministering to a guy. Giving him the word and he couldn't do nothing but look down at my chest. I say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, you lustful spirit. I'm up here. My husband's standing right there behind me. It didn't have to take my husband to knock him out. Because the Holy Ghost is arresting him. See, I get so tired of people. You want your man to do something for you. God has given you the power. He's giving you the right. Some of you women don't want to say nothing because you want to make your man jealous or you want to think you still got it. You better check out the spirit that's using you to make you think you still got it. And the reason why men is looking at you is because you carrying a spirit that you won't close the door to. So everything wants you. That's a familiar spirit that has come familiar with your ways. And then if that familiar spirit hit that man, and all of a sudden that man say, my God. Now that familiar spirit says, see, I told you they want you. It's because you want them to want you. Hmm. Y'all better know. Come on, this is foolishness. That's why you better know what the word of God is saying. Whatever you keep entertaining is because that spirit is familiar with it. And if you don't get get, um, away from it, it's going to create a stronghold in your life. And it's going to keep you in bondage. And you're going to come up with every excuse to keep doing it. But thank God for the people that God put you around. And allow them to see what's going on in your life. Because some of us don't want to see it because we love doing what we do. It's time to understand what the word of God is saying. There's a familiar spirit that's in the churches. And people think that that spirit is of God and it's not of God. Because the enemy uses the word of knowledge because he watch you. He see that how, again, how you going to know by their fruit. You're going to know them by their fruit. God is about love and not hate. If you got a prophet prophesying over you and they're hating their neighbor, huh, that ain't God. Come on, know them by their fruit. Because God always come back with love. So this is what Saul did. And Saul got punished for that. Go with me to 1 Chronicles 10. Somebody say, that was Samuel, Pastor. God has sent people back to forewarn you. He already knew what he supposed to do. Right? Look at first Chronicles 10, 13 through fourteen. And this is what it says. I'm gonna make sure it's says first chronicles ten or is it second chronicles? I'ma find it. It must be second chronicles. Any I want to make sure I got a scripture to um, back up. Is it 2 Chronicles 10? Have anybody got there yet? 13 to 14? First Chronicles. I was in the right spot? Okay. I know why. See there? Okay. So it says, so Saul died for his transgressions, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. And also, listen at this, for asking counsel of the one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. There go your proof. Some people say that was Samuel that she conjured up. No, that was a familiar spirit using a form of Samuel to make him think that that was God's way. And inquired not of the Lord, therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jess. Come on, study your scripture. Amen. This is why you have to know truth. When you know truth, nobody will be able to fool you. There was um, a lady that got told that, you no, know, it was a preacher. He, they told him that he was going to die. And he looked at them and said, no, I'm not. Because he knew the word of God, he knew what God had prophesied over his life. He didn't die, but the one that prophesied over him did. The Bible said, "When you dig a pit for me, you fall in that very pit." People will use people names to get what they want because they know the people reputations are good. One woman the pastor met in a country he had went in, and they said. Did you get the money I sent for your wife? I heard she had to have emergency surgery and I sent you some money. He said, huh? Did you get the money that I sent for your wife because you, you called in and, and told us you need money for your wife so we sent you the money. He said, I didn't call you. They knew his reputation. So they was willing to help him because they said his wife had emergency surgery. Y'all, God is bringing these things in the house for a reason. They are familiar spirits amongst you that you think that they're okay and they're not. The enemy will even use a person that say they know God and put information in their ear that's not coming from God. The enemy use manipulation. He will use something making you think it's from God, but it ain't lining up with the word of God. We don't have to come up with something to get something. We already got everything that we need. God has blessed us with all spiritual what? Blessings in heavenly places. I don't have to come up with nothing to get nothing. So don't let people manipulate you into doing things. If it don't line up with the word, you do not do it because that's not God, y'all. So God is saying, it's time to put away all your other gods. Did y'all know you can have a God and don't, not even aware of it besides God? That's an idol. Anything you run to more than you run to God is your idol. Yourself can be your idol. You can look to you more than you look to anybody else. You're your idol. You look at basically how people see you more than you look at how God see you. You want to make sure that you're looking your best because of people. So you're doing stuff to try to get there so people will see you the way you want them to see you. Your idol is you. God told them before you go, when you go into these lands, he know the places that they were going to go into was going to be corrupt. Now I want y'all to hear this. Okay, when they lost their place in paradise, God put them amongst all of this stuff, right? Evil. But guess what? God forewarned them where they were going. And what was going to happen, God always had somebody righteous that he was raising up to lead the people the right way. Did they mess up? Yes, they messed up. But God still used them. You can mess up, but God will lift you back up and put you where you need to be because when you acknowledge, you'll mess up. Come on, Abraham took Lot, didn't supposed to take Lot, but he felt sorry for Lot. Who are you feeling sorry for and taking with you and God didn't tell you to take him? to split. Why did they have to split? Because there was strife amongst them. And where there is strife, there is every evil work. There is contingent. So you got to get rid of the strife. Not up in my house. So Abraham said, choose which way you want to go. You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. Why? Because he was focused on his creator and maker. No matter where you go, God is going to bless me where I am. But you can't come up in here Why are you hanging around an offended person? Why do you keep hanging around a person that's an adulteress, that's committing fornication? And they already know what they're supposed to do, but you refuse. They family. I've been knowing them all my life. Evidently, they don't know you. Because they knew the God you serve, it should be driving them. So they departed ways. But then when they departed ways, y'all see what God told Abraham to do. Now you got Scrape out your way. Let me show you something. Look at all of this. God told him how he was going to bless him. Look at your neighbor and say, God cannot give you what he have because you got too many roadblocks. Got rid of him. God showed him. But then guess what? Lot needed Abraham. Abraham knew who he served. He had 300 men to go in there and rescue Lot. Guess what Lot did? He saw Sodom and Gomorrah and it looked beautiful. It looked so beautiful. It was so green. It had everything. So he went and dwelled there. He acted like he was living. And poor Lot had so much homosexuality around him. Men lusting after the women. Men. Women, that ain't want the women. They wanted the men. So Saul, uh, what was his name? Lot was amongst all that stuff. So God had to tell Abraham, he said, guess what? He said, I can't keep this from Abraham. So Abraham began to intercede. Y'all know that part. He began to pray on the behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? But then there was not enough righteous over there to make it. But y'all know Lot came out. But when Lot came out, Lot was trying to help the men that come in. You can't sleep out here, (laughs) come in my house. Let's close the door. So guess what? Lot was going to send his daughters out there for the men. I don't want them them, uh, women. I want the men. Open the door. But the angels of the Lord brought Lot and his family out. But this is what he said. He said, don't look back. Don't look back. You're going to turn into a pillar. Don't you look back. He was blowing up Sodom and Gomorrah but he brought them out. I'm here to tell you God said I brought you out. He said, why are you going back? Out of why you still want to be popular? Why you still want to be accepted and you're already accepted? Why are you looking back? What's all that stuff y'all do? Come here, Carlos. Come on, Carlos. Come on, Carlos. Come up here. I'm use you for illustration. No, no, I need another man. Come on, uh. Oh. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to get me a good one. Got to get me a good one that Joe. Mm-hmm. Come over here, Joe. I'm gonna show y'all something. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't look back. Don't look back. Say, so what you looking back for? Look back. Grace is supposed to be your glory. Amen. And we're covering up the glory. Ain't that right? Kim, you see them things. cover them up, girl. Okay. Y'all just met, you men just met. Show, show how you do when you just met. Go do it. Y'all do more than that, please. <laughs> Y'all do more than that. Y'all do more than that. Come on, come on. How you doing? Somebody come up here. <laughs> Somebody, I guess they part of Miracle Temple now. They they don't look back, right? But then when they ain't in Miracle what's up, dog? Yeah, you got to go no man. Y'all know him somehow. Yeah, do it. You talking about, guess what he said. Yeah, that's it. Go lick them lips. Yeah, baby. What's up with the licking of the lips? What that mean? Anybody? Help me. Thank you, Mr. Roy. What else is the... Somebody help me. I want to help somebody. What is the licking of the lips, men? She said, so they won't be dry. What's the licking of the lips? Huh? Thank you, Kim. They're trying to be sexy and following you with the eye and the lips. That man never done that. Why? It's the way of the world. When you come to Jesus and you've been with him, all those things that you used to do, they fall off. Because you don't need them no more. You don't need this slang no more. You don't need to. Let me tell y'all something. Texting when you put. Some people text so bad. I be like what? What what, what is that? Uh-huh. I told my son what that said. Let me tell you something boy. If you keep texting like that. You're going to forget how to spell. <laughs> you know what he told me? Yeah you do forget words mama. My son sent me full text. I said don't you send me that. I said, what's that? I don't know what that means. I'm taking too much. If you needed help, they'd probably kill you before I figure it out. Where did this come from? If it comes from the world, Christian folk, why do we do it? And don't let nobody tell you you're ignorant. I ain't ignorant. What that mean?" See, some of y'all mad because y'all still abbreviate. It's okay to abbreviate sometimes, but putting it all in your stuff. Charlotte said, you sure can't read it. Thank y'all for standing at attention. (laughs) So he said, don't look back. Familiar spirits keep you looking back. And they keep people on you to help you to keep looking back. Because once you come together in marriage, ain't no more Lucy Sue or Mary Magdalene. It's your wife. And the enemy, the familiar spirit is making you feel like, oh, you don't have your swag on no more. The women ain't coming at you like they used to. You need to beef it up a little bit. You need to get them abs. You need to get that pack. You need to do this. And all of a sudden, you say, baby, I'm, I'm going to work out some more. I just need to do a little bit more working out. But some of you got so much swag, it don't matter how big you get. You still got that residue on you, so you know how to pull them even in your bigness. That's just how bad it is. You know how to look at a person and try to pull them in. Because you done been out there so long, you ain't clean yourself off with the word of God. Your thoughts is still wrong. See, that familiar spirit, know where you are. Mm -hmm. So the the devil uses that to tell you this is where you need to be. Change your look. Change it up a little bit. You ain't getting them looks like you you know you should be. Y'all, when I go to the store or something like that, I don't try to wear no collar. I'm just who I am. If y'all see me, do y'all think I'm going to put on this just to go out there full line? No, I ain't. I ain't paying no um bill to no cleaners just to look like this every day. No, I'm going to put on me a pair of jeans. I'm going to put on me a t-shirt. I'm going to go about my father's business. And I ain't trying to get you to recognize I'm no apostle. I am who I am in him. I don't have to put on no pumps to say this is who I am. Be who you are. See, that's what the enemy does. That's what he do. He mimic. So know who you hanging around. Know who's telling you stuff. How can you tell me something and you ain't in the word and don't even show up in the house of God? How can you tell me what God is showing you and you ain't nowhere to be found? We falling for it. Lazy folk. The ones that don't want to seek God for themselves. Some people said, don't take all that in the word. I love being with my Jesus. People say, I don't see you driving. I'd rather stay in my, rocking my recliner and let him drive on. My husband do his thing, I do mine. Not that my husband ain't in the Word. But I, I got cars in the driveway. But I'd rather, y'all, I even have a problem going to get my nails done. Because I don't want to leave the Word. Dang it. Is it that time? Dag it. Me and Apostle be on the phone. Dag it. I got, to wait, Dang it! I'm gonna take that stuff off. It ain't worth it. My me time is with Jesus, so that's why y'all don't see me driving around. That's why y'all don't see me. I'm in the same place every day. Jennifer, do see me walking the dog though, don't you, Jennifer? Jennifer, blow at me. I'm going around the block and coming back in my house. She don't crank up the car not unless I have to. See, that's a good man. He cranked it up for me and said, what you need? Well, go out and get this right here. You want to go? Mm-mm. I'll stay right here. I don't mind waiting. God is giving me some revelation. I ain't leaving this seat Amen. before God get finished with me. Amen. You want to ride with me to the room? No, 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 go ahead. Then I say, he's back already. Y'all better understand, God is taking us to a place. And as he give it to me, I want to give it to you. Because I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan devices. I want you to know which way he's coming, but I can't do it by myself. You got to be willing to go search the scriptures for yourself. You got to be willing to lay down other things and put God first. Why is it when we want to do something, we can find time to lay it down? But when the house of God wants you to do it, you ain't got time. Why is it, y'all? Come on, think about it. You got time to go where you want to go. But as soon as somebody asks you to do something for them, you can't find the time. But you got time to make time for what you want to do for your looking good. That's right. Something is wrong. We need to get it right, y'all. There's a familiar spirit lurking even amongst us. And the church is too blind to see it. Because you want a quick fix. So God is saying, that familiar spirit know about you because it's been following you from birth. And even when you step over to the kingdom of light, he's using your weaknesses and your strengths against you to stop you from getting to the destiny that God wants you to get by using the word of God because he's opposing the word. And that's what the enemy is doing. Come on, give God a hand, clap praise. praise. There's more to it, y'all. I just gave you a little bit of it, but God is opening these doors for a reason because people are being fooled. The Bible said that the elect would even be fooled. And if you're not in your words, somebody will walk up to you and you'll think that they're in the right place and they're not. That's why your discerning of spirits have to be on. Let's have the ones that have the announcements to come on up. And I'm going to share this with you to let you know that God will not let nobody fool you.